Okay, we are recording. All right. <laughs> Welcome to my channel. My name is Lisa Alistway, and I create inspirational and informational videos you can use and apply to your life. Today's topic is on menopause. But don't worry, if you're not a female, this video is still for you because we're going to be talking about male menopause. <laughs> so today's guest is Dr. Barbara Taylor, also known as Menopause Taylor and Menopause Barbie. She is an obstetrician gynecologist who retired from active practice in 2001. Despite the fact that she had a law degree and a master's in business at the time of her retirement, her true passion has always been helping women. Dr. Taylor is the author of Menopause, Your Management, Your Way, Now and for the Rest of Your Life. I will be linking her website and her unbiased and comprehensive YouTube channel on menopause in the description box below. Welcome, Dr. Taylor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start with maybe the most obvious question, and that is, why is menopause the most neglected topic, it seems? Not it seems, it is. It is the most neglected topic on our planet. And um, this is despite the fact that half of the world's population spends half of their lives <laughs> in the state of menopause. Um, but it's, it's a historical thing. You know, humans are not supposed to live as long as we're living. And the fact is that other animals don't have menopause. And this is because all animals have a lifespan that is consistent with their rate of heart beating. And it turns out that there's kind of a formula for how long animals live. And all animals live for 1 billion heartbeats. So this is why little tiny mice with little tiny hearts that go blah, 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 die in two years. And it's why great big animals like elephants that have hearts that go thud, thud, <laughs> live for about 80 years. Our body size and heart rate puts us at the time of death of 1 billion beats at age about 47. But because we have made so many advances in science and medicine, we're now living for 2.1 billion beats. So I call it your billion beat bonus. But you know, back in the 1800s, before we started living to the age of menopause, mm -hmm. occasionally, occasionally a woman would actually become menopausal for one reason or another. And of course, no one knew what was wrong with her. I mean, she started having all these symptoms of menopause and being moody and having hot flashes and they were put in asylums. Wow. And that, that, that something like that historically follows people evolutionarily. And mm. it has always been this thing where you don't talk about it. You don't acknowledge it. You don't want anyone to know. And it's because Historically, it was something that got you put into an institution for heaven's sake. Okay, now we have routinely been living long enough to outlive our ovaries, which is exactly what we're doing. We're outliving an ovary. I mean, our ovaries, we're outliving an organ and it's an organ that produces a hormone. So that's what menopause is. You're outliving your ovaries and your ovaries were your egg factory and your estrogen factory. Mm -hmm. And when the factory closes down, you don't have any estrogen. Mm -hmm. But now we're routinely living that long and we have been since the year 1900. And yet, the attitude, the denial, the, the lack of awareness, the taboo nature of the topic has never, ever changed. And you know, I am the first and the only person to ever, ever have given women an absolute unbiased education on menopause 
in the whole world. I, there's nobody else giving an education. Now there's people marketing this and marketing that and you know, coercing you to do this and terrorizing you over this. Okay, there's all kinds of angles and products, mm -hmm. but that's not education. Mm -hmm. that's selling okay and there has never been a pure education that basically just covers everything delivers all your options and gives it to you in an unbiased way that makes it possible for you to actually use it i, I don't have a product i don't have an angle i don't care what you do for your menopause as long as you know what you're doing mm -hmm. and as long as you're happy with it both now and when you're on 100. i i don't want any woman looking back going why didn't anybody tell me there was more to this than just hot flashes yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, it's hard to erase fear and neglect. Yeah. It's been going on for generations and generations. You have women that were oblivious that that's what it was. They didn't know what they were going through or they just, some sailed through it and didn't have the same symptoms. So they couldn't relate. And um, here we are today in 2021, where we have the resources and, the, and as you said, a good education, such as your YouTube channel that, um, really helps provide tips and uh, helps the person become more educated. But you just said something that's very interesting. And you used the word through, you said sail through it. Mm. it, it people think of it in terms of a, a blip. Mm. You're not finished, you're not through menopause until you're through. I mean, you literally are a menopausal woman. It, the transition time is a period of two to 10 years, but what's really important is what happens after you finish the transition and that's what i teach women i teach them that there's so much more to it than you think it's not oh i had hot flashes for a few years and now they're gone so i'm fine no once they're gone and you think you're fine that's when you become at risk for heart attack osteoporosis and alzheimer's which are the fatal diseases that are going to get you in the long run if you don't learn that those things exist and by the way they're all silent diseases you don't know they're there until bam yeah. You have a heart attack or bam, you fracture your spine or your hip or if you don't learn that that's what this is really all about, you're in trouble. And that's why I'm all about the education because a hormone deficiency is a hormone deficiency is a hormone deficiency. Every hormone deficiency on planet earth has about 20 symptoms that make you feel horrible. That's your body's way of saying, Hey, hello, I'm missing something. Do something. Okay, those are to get your attention. But if you don't replace the hormone, there are fatal diseases that follow mm -hmm. with every hormone deficiency on the planet. This is no different. How you manage those is your decision. And there are many different ways to accomplish goals, but you have to know the capabilities and the limitations of each option. If you don't know that herbs can't save your brain and you use them thinking they'll save your where are you, you're, you're going to be in the same situation you sought to avoid. So what I teach is the, the, the capabilities and limitations of every single option in every category, diet, lifestyle, vitamins, minerals, supplements, exercise, herbs, hormonal medications, non-hormonal medications, acupuncture, hypnosis. I teach it all and I don't favor anything. I just want you to know how to use the options. Yes. Very good. Um, can we <laughs> kind of define menopause a little bit more tightly in the different types or stages of menopause? Well, I always define menopause as puberty in reverse. Great. Because it's, it really is. I mean, it really is. I mean, puberty is your on switch to your reproductive life. Mm -hmm. Menopause is your off switch to your reproductive life. And it only happens for women. For men, they have a different kind of aging or mm -hmm. andropause, if you will, but nothing like what we have. 
they don't really have an off switch. So I always say, you know, menopausal women are really geriatric teenagers. And that is why it's such a hard time for them and for everybody else. The difference in puberty and menopause is that everyone recognizes puberty. Everyone knows what's going on. The first time your kid rolls his eyes, you know, oh God, here we go. A couple of years. Okay. You know exactly what to expect and you're understanding and you're patient and you're supportive. But if nobody in your house or at your workplace has any idea what menopause is, and you're having all these 20 symptoms that are turning your life upside down, I mean, you can't function and no one knows what's going on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, this, this is going to happen to every woman on the planet. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's different kinds of menopause in the sense that you can have menopause at the normal average age of 51, or you can have it too early. That's called premature menopause. Why is that important? Because everything starts earlier. Your race for those diseases starts earlier. Everything starts, the symptoms are gonna be there for some period of time or no, no period of time for any woman. And that, there's no way to predict that. Yeah. But that's really not the important thing. What's really important with premature menopause is you start the race for a heart attack, osteoporosis and Alzheimer's much younger. So you have more time to get there <laughs> mm -hmm. and you're probably going to get there sooner. Okay. The other way to come about menopause is what we call, I call sudden menopause, also called surgical menopause, but it doesn't have to be surgery. It can be removal, removal of your ovaries for any reason, radiation therapy of your ovaries that destroys their function, or it can be chemotherapy. It can be any means where your ovaries stop working because of some kind of treatment. So that's gonna happen suddenly. And the difference in gradual menopause where you take two to 10 years to transition into this new state allows your body a little bit more time to acclimate. But when it happens like that, it's a bigger shock to the system. So these things make perfect sense when you think about it. Every, Everything makes sense, okay? And this is what I love about education. Women who get my education, they just cannot believe how everything makes such sense. And yet they've gone through their lives. They've walked around for like 50 years with their reproductive tract. They didn't know the first thing about it. <laughs> and everything has always seemed like a mystery to them because nothing fit, nothing made sense. And I'm like, the truth makes sense. I will always tell you the whole truth and the whole story. And that the truth is easy. It's logical. You can connect the dots. It just... It all fits, but when you don't have any logic, you're doomed. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say are some of the uh, symptoms and effects of menopause? Oh, the symptoms. The symptoms. <laughs> the symptoms is a great big long list of things that most women have almost all of them. And they have been running around to doctor after doctor after doctor for each one individually. So anxiety is a big one. They just start feeling like things that never bothered them before. They just start feeling like it's such a big deal. They're anxious about everything. Hot flashes, obviously, and hot flashes at night, which are night sweats. Yeah. There's also insomnia. And now insomnia is a big, big, big one because when you have insomnia, it affects everything else. Mm -hmm. With insomnia comes fatigue. Mm -hmm. With fatigue comes forgetfulness. You can't remember anything. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, With yeah. that also comes mood swings, irritability, and depression. Mm -hmm. There's skin dryness, hair loss, there's joint pain, there's vaginal dryness, urinary incontinence, urinary tract infections, uh, vaginal, um, vaginal dryness, I said already. Um, yeah. Also, there's sex drive changes, usually a big, huge decrease in your sex drive. Mm -hmm. And there's weight gain. 
Mm-hmm. And women hate most all these things. I mean, just that turns your life upside down. If you have just those things going on and nothing else. Yeah. The huge, huge ding to your life. Yeah. All, and all, so, that, all that too can cause quite, uh, quite irritation, uh, which can be another effect of menopause. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some women have urinary tract infections too. And it's all because the pH balance of your vaginal area changes completely when you lose your estrogen. I mean, it, it was kind of estrogen bathed every cell of your body. It yeah. was your fountain of youth. It made you what you were. You know, I always teach about the three sex hormones, testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone mm-hmm. by using the three bears from Goldilocks and the three bears. And I do it that way because, you know, people have these misconceptions about these hormones. Um, you know, I, you know, the story of Goldilocks and the three bears is that each bear had his own bed, chair, and porridge. Mm-hmm. Well, the hormones are like that. They all only belong to one of the bears. Papa bear's hormone is testosterone. It's what makes him testosterone. It's the male hormone. Mm-hmm. Mama bear's hormone is estrogen. It's what makes her mama bear. And baby bear's hormone is progesterone. The only reason mama bear produces progesterone is to support baby bear during pregnancy. Pro means in support of, gest means gestation or pregnancy. Own means hormone. Progesterone by definition is the hormone in support of pregnancy. That's the only purpose it has. It's the only reason you have it. And with women running around thinking that they can use progesterone instead of estrogen or that progesterone is safe and estrogen, it's like, well, could you wear the baby's clothes? Okay, it's not your hormone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so get, just get it straight. Just know which hormone you need to make sure you're focusing on because if you're focusing on the wrong hormone, you're doomed from the very beginning. I mean, just good God, that's such a basic thing. When women learn that, they're like, oh my God. I mean, because they've been told and they've heard that, oh, you know, they've heard estrogen's bad and progesterone's good. It's like, does that make any sense to you? Mm-mm. I mean, you walked around with estrogen produced by your own body for 35 or 40 years. Was it poison? Mm-mm. And why did you feel good when you had it? And you feel horrible without it. I mean, when did it go from being good to bad? You can supply all your own answers. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just here. I'm here to make you think. For God's sake, think. Use your brain. What's your body telling you? This is what I work on with women. You know, I do consultations with women by video all over the world. Yeah. And they just are, they're just blown away at how everything they learn is so different from what they've been told. And they realize that they have been duped at every turn with misinformation. And I'm like, look, I just want you to have accurate information. What you do with it, it, I don't gain a thing by what you do. I'm not here. I don't have any reason to course you. Mm -hmm. And so it's an education that every woman deserves. Yes, for sure, for sure. So um, what would you say is the best thing about menopause and maybe (laughs) the worst thing about about menopause? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say the worst thing about menopause is what it does to women's lives in terms of their quality of life, including their social life. Mm. The worst thing about menopause is that because women are so clueless, I meet woman after woman after woman who realizes why she had a divorce, who then realizes why she had to quit working, who real... They put the pieces together because they realize, oh my God, everything that ruined my life was all one thing. Mm -hmm. And they had no idea. I think that's criminal. I think that's horrible that here we have something where it's all one thing and they think it's 
22 different things and they're running around looking for this and that depressed, you know, thinking that they're depressed and they're not depressed. They just don't have estrogen. Okay. So their lives had been ruined and they, they didn't know why, and they could have done something about it, but they had no clue what was at the root of the problem. And that breaks my heart Mm-hmm. Because there's not a reason in the world that any woman has to lose, skip a beat or, m- m- or have any disruption in her life for even a millisecond. Yeah. But it requires her to know what, how to recognize menopause when it hits her over the head like a ton of bricks or creeps up on her or whatever. She needs to know what's going on. And they don't. They don't have a clue. No one's taught them anything. And that, that to me is, is the most heartbreaking part of it. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing about menopause, it, it, there's a hormone called oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Oxytocin is what I call the glue. Oxytocin is your bonding hormone. Oxytocin is what makes you fall in love with your man and then follow him wherever he goes when he has to change jobs. It makes you want to get pregnant. It makes you love your children before you even have them. It makes you want to do everything to keep the family together and make all those meals and decorate the house and all the things you do for everybody else. It makes you want to go on camping trips with them, even though you hate camping because it's like leaving your own comfortable home and going out and acting like a homeless person, but you do it because it makes your man and your kids so happy. And it's, it's the thing that makes mom put herself last and she loves being there for everybody else. That's all fine and good. But at menopause, you lose your oxytocin. And at some point you look in the mirror and you think, I don't care what all those people want to do. I want to do what I want to do. It's my turn. And I think that is liberating. And I wish more women let go of the guilt that they feel when they feel that, or they don't think they, I, they ask me what's wrong with me. I don't want to do the Christmas decorations. I don't care about cooking Thanksgiving. I go, you've lost your oxytocin. I go, it's your turn. I say, finally, go tell them to go to go. Let's go to a restaurant. I mean, come on. I mean, it is your turn. And I think that, can be the greatest thing ever and it can be something where you fuel something that you love you know mm-hmm. start a new business there's a thing i call menopausal zest and it's like there's no greater force on earth than a woman who's menopausal with zest meaning she's finally gotten to that point in her life where her job of raising her kids is done you know she and her husband are stable or she's divorced or whatever and she can go do whatever she wants and it's fantastic but women don't they're not thinking of it that way. And they're, you know, they're not using that to their advantage, but I think it's a wonderful thing. It's finally your turn. So to me, I think that's the best part of it. But, you know, I think each woman has her own definition of what's best about it. Someone would say it's no more periods. I mean, we all have different, you know. Yeah. No, I like, I like your answer. I think that's very well said where women (laughs) finally say, you know what, what about me? You know, Uh they start to put themselves at the top of the priority list. Why not? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, you touched on some of the health effects that happen around menopause. Um, can you go over that a little bit more? <laughs> well, um, estrogen was your fountain of youth. It kept your body young on the inside and on the outside. So when you lose your estrogen, you start aging. This is where women say, oh, my skin got kind of wrinkly and dry and my, my hair started falling out and I started, I started gaining weight and I started having urinary incontinence. They start feeling like they're getting old. Their joints start hurting and they see visible evidence of aging on the outside. Mm-hmm. What they don't see is that on the inside, their body starts aging. In particular, 
your heart arteries. So estrogen kept your cholesterol low, it kept you from building plaque, and it kept your arteries very soft and supple. Mm -hmm. Without estrogen, your cholesterol starts rising, all your lipids start going in the wrong direction. You start putting more plaque inside the arteries. Those arteries start getting harder. And that's where we get the term hardening of the arteries. Mm -hmm. And so the health risk to your heart is that estrogen was what kept, what prevented a heart attack. Yes. And when you lose your estrogen, suddenly your arteries just go from soft and supple to hard in a short period of time. And it increases your risk for a heart attack markedly. And then the sad thing is women don't know the symptoms of a heart attack. Women don't have the same symptoms as men. Right. Women don't have crushing chest pain like an elephant sitting on their chest with radiation down their left arm. Women don't have that. They don't, it's not in their chest. They don't have pain and they don't have the radiation. Women instead have these vague symptoms. They, if they have any sensation at all, they'll tell you that they have a sensation in their jaw, their neck, or right between their shoulder blades in their back. They rarely, rarely, rarely use the word pain. Mm -hmm. They say tightening, pressure, discomfort, indigestion, burning. They never say pain. Mm -hmm. So they go to the emergency room and, and the problem is doctors don't know this either. And, you know, I've heard a cardiologist say, you know, women are so difficult. They never just come right out and say they're having chest pain. Duh, because they aren't, they aren't having chest pain. But see, these women get sent home and they have a heart attack and they die. So heart attacks are the biggest killer of women worldwide. Heart attacks kill one out of every two women. That should shock everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's partly because women don't know how to recognize the heart attack. They have no idea they're having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So this is, I teach this and women are just shocked. They're like, huh? And you know, women are all running around worried about breast cancer. Breast cancer kills one out of 29 women mm -hmm. every year. It, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Our breast heart attack, one out of two, breast cancer, one out of 29. And they're all worried about breast cancer. Okay, get this, get this, get the facts straight so that you don't place your efforts, your fear, and your focus in all the wrong places. It will not end well. Mm -hmm. And so this is what this is the kind of stuff I teach. And I, you know, I make it fun and I make I, I use a lot of props and models and things that I make I that are easy to understand because I mean it's a heavy topic. A lot of this is heavy. I yeah. take the difficult science and I try to make it really fun and playful, like using the three bears. And I mean I have the three bears and every, I mean I show everything. And it gets the message across, but woman after woman after woman is like, oh my God, I had no idea that I needed to worry about heart attack. But it, it makes them end up focusing on the right things that are going to make the biggest difference in their longevity. Yes. You know, and then osteoporosis is, oh, oh my goodness. You know, estrogen loss causes bone loss, but there are no symptoms of bone loss until a woman has a fracture of her spine or her hip. Yes. Do you know how a woman fractures her spine? Mm-mm. You ask a woman, how'd you fracture your spine? And she looks at you and she goes, uh, uh, I coughed, I sneezed. How'd you fracture your hip? I, I was standing there doing nothing and my hip just cracked. I mean, they don't fall and fracture. They fracture first and fall. These are called fragility fractures. And they are, they are called that because they don't require any trauma. And so with fragility fractures, what happens is your bone literally goes from this on the inside of your bone, 
this. Wow. So there's no bone there. And that's why they happen just out of the blue. They, you don't have to fall. You don't have to do anything for a fragility fracture to end up fracturing. And the other problem with these fractures is that they don't heal because there's no bone there. And this is why if you go to any nursing home in the world, you'll see that 90% of the occupants have fractured. That's, mm -hmm. that's why they're there. And it's because they're crippled for the rest of their life. They can't, they can't do the basic activities of daily living, like bathing themselves and dressing themselves because of these fractures, they, they cripple them for life. Mm -hmm. um, but, the, but the system isn't teaching you about osteoporosis. They're not telling you it's a silent disease. They're not telling you get a bone density test early so that you know if you have bone loss, you can do something about it early. The guidelines are not in your favor. I teach about all the guidelines. I teach about the quirks in the medical system. I teach about how to be your own advocate. I teach you how to how to get what you need for your own peace of mind and your best menopausal life, regardless of what anyone else is doing and regardless of what the guidelines tell you to do. Mm -hmm. I teach you all those ins and outs of the things that really are going to make the difference in your success, you know, and, and guidelines were never made for the individual person. They were made for populations and they're based on money. That's all. <laughs> they're not about you. So, I mean, I teach all that kind of stuff where women are like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad, you know, they, they would have just followed the guidelines. And I'm like, that's, you have every reason not to follow the guideline. The guideline just tells you probably what your insurance will pay for. Well, who cares what your insurance will pay for? You're the one who's going to fracture. Mm -hmm. Your insurance isn't going to care about that. So you got to know this information in order to do things that are going to save your own life. And this is this is what I do. I teach them all these ins and outs and yeah. how to, how to have the conversation. You name it. I I have no filter between my brain and my mouth. I <laughs> tell them everything. <laughs> Very good. Uh, what about uh, brain health and Alzheimer's and how that's related to menopause? Well, your brain is covered with estrogen receptors, covered. And one of the most common symptoms of menopause is brain fog. Yes. Fuzzy brain. Women, they have all these names for how they just, they can't find words. They can't concentrate. They can't focus. They feel like they can't, they can't get, they can't keep their attention on anything. They'll read something and they five minutes later, they can't remember what they read. It's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. Estrogen was a fuel for your brain. And without its fuel, your brain is not going to function. Mm -hmm. That is your brain telling you, I don't have my fuel. Now, extrapolate that over the next 40 years. What do you think is happening? Mm -hmm. Your brain is shrinking. Mm -hmm. Okay, your brain will shrink if it doesn't get its fuel. Duh. I mean, that it sounds so logical, but you know, I mean, when, when women aren't thinking that way, they're thinking, oh, I just, I, I, I'm forgetful or I, I can't remember my words. Well, that do that's something fine. about that. Yeah, Th that's that's the sign. I mean, that's your body talking. I teach the women that no opinion matters except her own bodies. Mm -hmm. Your body is the only opinion that matters, not your brains and not my brains, nobody's brain, your body, your body talks to you and it tells you what you need to know. And it doesn't lie. So if you listen to your body, you will do what's right for you. And you should never care what anyone else is doing. But you know, humans, humans refuse to listen to their own bodies. They're busy listening to Dr. Google and celebrities and marketing and advertising and hype and scare tactics and ignorant girlfriends. They won't listen to their bodies. Their own body can be screaming at them. And they'll say, oh, but my girlfriend said this, or I'm my, I heard this, or so I'm like, I'll say to them, what does your body say? And they'll look at me and they'll go, oh. I mean, why, why is there that detachment from self? And 
always looking you, you, you live in a world of sound bites you live in a world where you're bombarded constantly by sound bites nothing is no there's no connecting the dots there's just sound bites this is good for you that's bad for you so you hear all that you live in a world where you don't have any real education anymore people people think they can learn things by hearing this and then hear, seeing that and reading it. you can't learn anything like that okay that would be that would you know i'm always begging women to watch my videos in order i'm like watch my videos in order watch them in order i say whatever you do do in order i say if you don't it's like starting school and you go to the first grade class one day and you go to the eighth grade class the next day and the third day you go to the fifth grade okay there's no way to learn anything right okay. if you want to get an education make sure it's a real education and that's why women love what i'm doing because they they're fascinated by how obvious and logical it is once they learn it in a way before it was just i heard this and i heard that and it everything's confusing yeah and nothing they they have no idea what's real they keep saying it's i hear there's so many opinions and it's so controversial I go, nothing's controversial hmm. if you learn the facts you don't have to listen to anybody else. You'll be able to figure everything out on your own because it's really very logical. But see, that's real education. And you don't live in a world where you have that anymore. People don't use encyclopedias. Mm -hmm. They go to the internet. The internet's not, not an encyclopedia. It's 90% marketing. Mm -hmm. so, so people don't know how to gather information accurately anymore. And it's sad. And they're gullible. Mm -hmm. And people prey on that big yeah. time, big time. And I make sure the women know the difference between... I, I say there's a fine line between ed and ad. Ed is educating, ad is advertising. Most people don't see the difference. They don't know the difference because they live with so much advertising. They have no idea that it's advertising. They they just really don't know the difference. Wow. It sounds so it sounds so it sounds so crazy and quirky, but it's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean that's, that's just today with that's technology. right. That's who we are, yeah. Um, so can we talk a little bit about managing menopause? I know there's HRT, hormone replacement therapy, there's supplements you can take, there's bioidentical. Can you kind of go over how to best manage it? And I know these are just tips. Everybody has their own well, route. Well, you know, I always say, I say, begin with the end in mind. I, 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 I approach everything that way. Walt Disney said, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. And in law, we say, keep your eye on the ball. They all mean the same thing. They all mean know what your goals are first. Yes. First and foremost, what are your goals? Without knowing your goals, you're going to be shooting in the dark. Most women don't go about it by knowing what their goals are first. They hear about this. They try that. They follow this person. They copy this person. That's all. They just, they're just shooting in the dark. They have no idea what anything is. Mm -hmm. Okay. You will fail that you will never ever meet your meet your meet your needs that way okay yeah. my attitude is look what are your goals do you want to prevent heart attack osteoporosis and alzheimer's with your menopause management is that one of your goals mm -hmm. if the answer is yes you need to know that you have one of two routes you can take if you do want to take hrt you can do that with hrt of all the categories by themselves HRT is the only one that can actually accomplish that goal all by itself without any more effort from you or use of any other options. So if you wanted the only kind of category option that can actually do that by itself, it's HRT, but it has to be pharmaceutical HRT. It can't be compounded. Why? Because the pharmaceutical industry is regulated and reliable. And you know that exactly, you know that every pill is exactly what it says it is. You know that every, everything you use is identical. 
but the compounding industry is completely unregulated. So you have no idea what you're getting. Okay, you could go out and fill out a, fill a canister of lotion today and sell it as compounding. The industry is just, it can be anything. So you, you just can't, you just can't trust your heart, brain and bones to that. That's all it is. It's not that compounding is terrible. It's that it's not going to hurt you. It's just, it's not going to accomplish that goal. Okay, so knowing what your goals are first helps you decide which road to take and you don't end up saying here's my goal but then go do this and end up up in never neverland so knowing your goals first limits your options in a way that makes sure you accomplish your goals now you can still use everything else on the smorgasbord everything has capabilities and limitations you can use everything but you can't you can't protect your heart rate and bones with any other option all by itself now can you prevent a heart attack with diet lifestyle of course you can but you have to do about 30 things mm -hmm. as opposed to one thing. Okay, that's that's how it works. Everything's trade-offs, okay? And it's knowing what do you have to do to accomplish this particular goal with this particular option. Mm -hmm. And there's a way to do many things, but the truth is most people won't do most, most of them. And I always say, know thyself, know thyself, be honest with yourself. You don't have to pretend, you don't have to, you don't have to lie to me or anybody else. You can do whatever you want, but be honest with yourself. Don't say, I'm going to prevent a heart attack by exercising and knowing that there ain't no way you're going to exercise. Okay. You know, you know whether or not that's a priority for you and you're going to make it happen or not. So just be honest with yourself. I don't judge anybody. I'm not here. You don't have to please me. You can say, there's no way I'm going to exercise. And I'll say, okay, let's wipe that off the table and work with everything else. I mean, yeah. I'm going to meet you where you are. Okay, but that's the key to this education. And so if you know that your goal is to prevent heart attack, osteoporosis and Alzheimer's, then it's HRT and it's pharmaceutical. If that's not your goal and you want to accomplish that goal with some other means, or let's say you just don't have much risk in those areas and you've got great cholesterol, you know, and you've had a bone density test and you know your bones, got, your bones are super dense. That's fine, but you need to know where you stand so that you don't go make the mistake of assuming, oh, I'm healthy. What happens a lot, though, is women use options for the wrong purpose, thinking they can accomplish something they can't. You know, I get I get so many women who are health nuts and they have the perfect diet and they exercise every day and they are in fantastic shape. And I tell them all to go get bone density tests. And they are shocked because they have osteoporosis and they're young. I mean, they're in their 54 or something. And they find out that they have full-blown osteoporosis and they come to me, they, they're in tears. Mm -hmm. And they say, how did this happen? They say, I do everything right. My, my diet is perfect and I exercise, I exercise. How did this happen? I go, you do do everything right, but you forgot that nutrition is nutrition, exercise is exercise, and hormones are hormones. Yeah. They don't cross over. They don't play each other's roles. It would be like an athlete saying, I am such a good athlete. I'm on the volleyball team, the basketball team, the track team. Why didn't I make straight A's? And I go, because athletics are athletics and academics are academics and they're don't cross over. Same thing. Mm -hmm. okay. Diet and exercise aren't going to substitute for a hormone. You would not hear an insulin-dependent diabetic say, I'm going to control my, my insulin dependence, my insulin needs and my diabetes by exercise and diet. I, I mean, it, it would sound crazy to you. Mm -hmm. 
So why in the world would you think you could do that with estrogen? You couldn't do it with thyroid hormone either. You can't do it with any hormone. Okay, just know what each thing can and cannot do and you'll be fine. But when you have this magical thinking that you can use your exercise or your diet and it'll take care of you. Oh, I'm just, no, it's not gonna work that way. Mm -hmm. just know that it's not and then you won't have this big surprise or a big fracture or whatever to, to to shock you when it's too late i mean education it's all about knowing how these things develop and why mm -hmm. and then deciding how you want to go about preventing whatever it is you need to prevent mm -hmm. and you know women women are not robots no two women are alike there's nothing that we should all be doing Mm -hmm. um, and that's my big message. And when women say, you know, women ask me all the time, what do you do? And I go, you shouldn't care what I do. It's not your menopause my way. My education is called your menopause your way. And I'll help you manage it in any way you want. You just need to know what you're doing. And so it's, we live in a copycat world. I, you know, we have these words following someone on social media. I mean, all the way celebrities tell everyone what they're doing and how they, I mean, it, Women say to me all the time, why don't you make a video what I eat in a day? I'm like, why do you care what I eat in a day? I mean, <laughs> it's not important. You know, I mean, I'm eating what my body needs, but that doesn't mean that it's what you need. I mean, the copycatting is out of control. And so I teach women to focus on themselves and not pay attention to yeah. what anyone else is doing. And they are, they're shocked almost when they hear that I'm like, you know, because they're so used to copying. Yeah. Or they're maybe a little lazy. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to take control for their own health. They'd rather yeah. like somebody else do it. And, oh, yeah. You know, accountability is not popular. I mean, people don't like to be accountable. They don't mm -hmm. want to believe that they create their own problems. But, but pretty much we do. Yeah. You definitely have to. Uh, you can't have the mindset of somebody's coming to save you. You have to take control of it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I empower women to manage their menopause their way, knowing what they're doing. And, you know, when a woman has a consultation with me, um, what I do with a consultation is when you register for a consultation, you fill out a 17 page questionnaire, mostly yes, no kind of things, but I find out everything about you and you can write your story and upload labs and all kinds of stuff. I take that information and I create a document for you. And the document is the overall basic menopause education, because I never know what a woman knows already when she schedules a consultation. And the truth is, if she doesn't have some kind of education, we, we, won't, we won't be productive in the consultation. I'll be spending the whole time trying to teach her the ABCs before she can read. Okay, so the document kind of gives this overall education and inserts all her personal information into the overall science of the education. And I basically make it all tailored to her and her situation. But I send this document to her four days before the consultation. And most of them are on the order of 80 to 90 pages. Wow. So they get this document and they, they read it before the consultation. And they cannot believe it. They all tell me I don't charge enough and that they've gotten their money's worth before the consultation. And I, I know that's true. I know that it blows their mind. I mean, they, they've never received anything of the sort. And it's I mean, it's every topic, it's all, it's everything. And they just, they start that consultation. And so in the consultation, I tell them, look, I'm at your service. We can do whatever you want with the time. But that alone, it cuts to the chase. I mean, it's like the whole education kind of all at once. Now, is it better to really watch all the videos and get it, you know, in that really vivid demonstrative way that I, that I teach it? Yes, of course it is. 
but this document is the bottom line and those women go back to that document a hundred times and this is this is how i know that they're never going to finish a consultation and go now i'm confused what did she say it's all in that document mm -hmm. and i tell them, i warn them i say i have given you a new problem <laughs> and the new problem is that they know 90 percent more than most doctors and they say oh my god i know i know i know and they can't they they but they are armed and they know exactly how to how to go about getting what they want, even though they know more than the doctors. And I'm like, I'm happy that you know more than the doctors. And I, they should be happy too. And if they're not, you should run. I mean, you know, I mean, they should be thrilled that you have a real education. Mm -hmm. um, but I, again, all they're all tools, yes, with which they can get what they want, and um, it, it's 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 life changing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, speaking of tools, what would you say are some like diet and exercise tips? <laughs> well. Mm -hmm. The first diet thing I would say is that you have to realize that when you lose your estrogen, mm -hmm. your metabolism slows down. Yes. This is why women gain weight when they go through this transition in life and they all hate it. And it's always kind of in your belly. And, you know, every hormonal phase of your life is about some shifting of your weight. It's, it's, you, you start putting on weight in certain places and losing up other places. I mean, when you go through puberty, you start out this skinny little bean pole and you grow breasts and hips. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when you get pregnant, you grow whatever, wherever you tend to put on weight during pregnancy. And at menopause, the typical thing is you put weight on in your abdominal area, that mid section, that is where we have the, the that, that middle age spread. Okay. But there's another thing that happens. And that is that you start losing fat in your face. Mm -hmm. So I always say, you know, it's a choice between face fat or belly fat. If you lose enough weight to make your belly look good, your face is going to look like a skeleton's face. Mm. And if you gain enough weight to make your face look nice and plump, your belly's going to be messy. <laughs> it's like you can't, but it's redistribution of your weight. And so it's going to happen. Doesn't mean you're going to gain a bunch, but you're probably going to notice a change in your body's shape. Mm -hmm. And you have to be aware that that's, that's mother nature's plan. You didn't become a couch potato. It's not your fault, but also don't go blame it on something else. I have women, women who, who blame their weekend on HRT. It's not the HRT. It's, it's menopause. Okay. It's going to happen to all of us. Even if we don't gain weight, we're going to have a, a change in our body shape. Um, so one of the worst, 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 worst things a menopausal woman can do that everybody else seems to be doing these days is intermittent fasting. Why? Because any kind of spreading out the frequency of your meals slows down your body's metabolism. Mm -hmm. So you are compounding this slowing of your metabolism from two different sources and you are going to create a horrible situation in which your body packs on the fat and holds onto it like for dear life. Your body's evolutionarily geared. Your body says, hey, if I'm not getting fed often, it must be because we're having hard times. It must be because there's a famine. I had better protect myself. I'm going to slow my metabolism. I'm going to store everything as fat. It's a survival mechanism. There's nothing you can do to change it. But if you're feeding your body regularly every three hours or so, your body goes, oh, I don't have to worry. I can gobble all this up because I'm getting... That's why people who eat frequently have a fast metabolism. But everyone's doing this intermittent fasting. It's horrible for menopausal women. It's a sabotaging thing for them. I mean, they are going to end up in a situation that they cannot reverse. Mm -hmm. So I always tell them, you know, quit doing what you're hearing. All these don't don't follow the crowd. You know, right? And exercise. The thing about exercise and menopause is that menopausal women should not be doing the same things that 
premenopausal women should be doing. You know, most people work out focusing on speed, faster, 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 more, more, more impact, mm -hmm. heavier, heavier weights. Menopausal women should do just the opposite because menopausal women are going to hurt themselves for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you lose your estrogen, your joints are going to start hurting. Your joints are going to start hurting because estrogen was a great big oil can. It lubricated your joints. It was like, it's like oiling a rusty door hinge. Mm -hmm. Well, without the oil, your joints are going to start hurting. If you're pounding on them, you're going to hurt them more. Okay. Menopausal women need to do intensity, but not speed. So instead of running on a treadmill, crank up the incline and walk, take out all the impact. Don't run, don't jump. Don't take both feet off the ground at the same time. No more impact. Number two, it's not about speed. It's about effort. Okay. So instead of running, walk uphill, increasing, you know, put it on a higher intensity, but don't try to go as fast as you can. And number three, heavy, heavy weights. You know, you hear people in the gym just, okay. no, when menopausal women should be using small weights and they should be doing slow, slow, slow repetitions. If you do your weight lifting very slowly, it's a better workout in the first place. But here's the biggest thing. We need to inject balance, flexibility, and core into our workouts because those are the three things that are gonna keep you from falling as you get older. They're the three things you can do forever. And so you have to incorporate balance, flexibility, and core into your everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you'll do it all at once. I mean, for instance, if you, instead of sitting on a machine doing, doing uh, bicep curls, if you stand on a BOSU mm -hmm. and you do the bicep curl very slowly, first of all, you can't lift as heavy a weight when you're doing it and balancing at the same time. Secondly, it's going to force you to move more slowly. Thirdly, that's going to be all about form. It's all about form. And so this is the kind of thing menopausal women need to focus on. Unfortunately, you know, we have all these professionals who help menopausal women, but they know nothing about menopause. And I happen to be making educational resources for all those professionals. They include the fitness industry, the dietitian and nutrition industry, pharmacists. Pharmacists know nothing about the medications for menopausal women. They don't know anything. I mean, it's horrible. And, and so you have, you know, menopause is the most neglected topic on earth by everybody. And so I'm trying to make it so that the people who help menopausal women know something about menopause. <laughs> Definitely. We have to demystify it. And uh, that's very good information. Um, so as we go down the path of life and uh, we go through menopause, how can our family members and our friends best support us? By getting the education too. You know, my big dream is that every woman have this education in her 20s and 30s. I think if all women, just as a matter of fact, if, if this were just something you ended, you just did, this is just what you do in your 20s and 30s. If it were just that automatic, it would, it would happen because think about it. Automatically, you would have a workplace where people know about menopause. Your boss would know about menopause. You wouldn't have to quit your job instead of going into the boss and talking about something that he just looks at you and goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Or he turns red or he can't stand to hear. Okay. It, you, you, would have, you would have the whole workplace know what's going on. Your marriage would survive. Your husband would realize that when you start complaining that sex is painful, he wouldn't say, what, you don't like me anymore? 
Mm. He wouldn't say it's never hurt before. What, what, what's going on? What, 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 why do you say it hurts? I mean, I don't get it. They don't know that your vagina is shrinking. Okay. That's what's happening. You know, women say, Oh, I have vaginal dryness. It's not just vaginal dryness. I'll show you what's happening to your vagina. These are, these are my props for the vagina. It's okay. a water bottle, but on this water bottle, I have an athletic sock and this athletic sock is very, very thick. And this athletic sock is very bunched up. And if I covered this athletic sock with Vaseline, it would represent your vagina because your vagina, before you lose your estrogen, has a very thick wall. It has tons of wrinkles. Your vagina is the only place on your body where you want a bunch of wrinkles. Mm -hmm. And it's all lubricated. These three things make it so that your vagina can handle everything that it does. It can handle the friction of intercourse, lengthen, it can stretch open to have a baby. It can do everything. All of this is due to one thing, estrogen. Here's your vagina after you lose your estrogen. So now I've put a pantyhose on here and I've even put a run in it because it tears. There's no more wrinkles and it's dry, dry, dry. What's really happening is your vagina is shrinking. You are losing an organ. I've seen vaginas tinier than my pinky. I mean, it's going away. Wow. That's why intercourse hurts. The woman doesn't know what's going on. She just knows that suddenly it's hurt. It's, it's, it's miserable. She can't stand it, but it ruins her marriage. Okay. So if everyone had this education, the woman would know what's going on. She'd be able to explain it to her husband. He'd have sympathy for her. He'd be going, oh yeah, I, I don't want to hurt you. I mean, you know, he, he wouldn't think she's making it up. Okay. He wouldn't be thinking about himself. He'd be going, gosh, okay, I get it. You know, she's, her, her body's changing. This is physiologic. Okay. And they could prevent it because it's easily preventable. And it never has to happen in the first place. And imagine your kids, they know that something, you start acting differently. You start snapping at them. You're irritable. You're moody. You have, you don't want to, you don't want to spend time with them. Do you think they don't notice? I have woman after woman after woman say, now I understand what was going on with my mom. And they had these horror stories of being teenagers or early in their twenties. And their mom just suddenly turned into someone they didn't know. And they don't understand. And they now put the pieces together and they realize what was happening. And I'm like, what a shame. What a horrible shame that all of this was missed. Mm -hmm. Everyone was traumatized by it. It was all this. And this is, this is woman after woman, her, her marriage, her kids, her, her work. I mean, come on. There isn't a single human on our planet who doesn't have a menopausal woman in his or her life anywhere. Right. We are the fastest growing sector of society worldwide. Mm -hmm. Menopausal women are the most powerful group on earth, but instead of walking around and standing on mountaintops going, we are so all powerful. We are great. We are wonderful. Menopausal women are going, we feel invisible and non-set, not sexy anymore. We're just going to sit back and do it. Okay. Horrible. Mm -hmm. I say your your menopause should be the the rest of your life should be the best of your life. And it should be, you have more control over your hormonal state at menopause than ever before, but women aren't taking advantage of that. I would imagine that having a good sense of humor during this time with your family and your friends so that everybody understands what's happening. You have that conversation before so that when something weird happens or, you know, I think you've got to be able to laugh at yourself and the people Absolutely. around you. It's a fine line though, because there could no, be a difference. But you know, I mean, come on. You could sit your, you know, I, I wish, I wish that when your mom sat you down at 11 to warn you about your upcoming period, I wish she would say, honey, 
You are going to turn into a woman soon. One of these days, you're going to have your first period and it's going to begin your reproductive life. And at about the same time, I'm going to have my last period and it's going to end my reproductive life. And you're going to have a lot of rockiness and some irritability and some mood changes. And so am I. I mean, you can make it. You can't, They're the same thing. Okay. I mean, or at least make plant the seed that there's a book in. You're going to have a couple of years of a rocky time with this transition. And when you're 50, it's going to happen all over again in reverse. I mean, just plant the seed. I mean, let them, women don't, they don't have a clue that this exists. It's horrible because no one talks about it. And after they get this education, they'll go to their mother and say, mom, what, what, what was, well, how'd you handle menopause? And their mom will go, oh, it just, I, you know, there was nothing. I mean, <laughs> that's what they get. I mean, it's like, it's horrible. It's yes. just, come on. If everyone knows what's going on, it's not an issue. Everyone knows what puberty is, the puberty is going on. It would be exactly like puberty yeah. if people acknowledged it and we educated everybody it would be no different than people yeah it might be rough but you it wouldn't it wouldn't be something that should be on number one on the on the public health yes list. I, I mean think it, I think it makes other people feel so uncomfortable that we just stay in denial we don't talk about it because right. you're right. does pregnancy make other people uncomfortable well it can depending like guess what you talk about but I mean, just the fact that pregnancy, the fact that there's a pregnant woman, doesn't, doesn't, no one's uncomfortable. She's a pregnant woman. Hmm. Does puberty make people uncomfortable? I mean, come on. Yeah. How can it make up, make other people uncomfortable? Every, every phase of life is something that everyone experiences. So why do we pick one and say it makes people uncomfortable? It just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But see, here's the thing. Menopause has become... You know, it's, it's funny, the whole HRT thing has been turned into a fear because of one study that was done in 2002 or reported in 2002. It's the worst study ever done. It was horrible. And you only heard the media reports of it. And that scared everybody. But, you know, fear is the most powerful emotion on planet Earth. If you want to get someone to do something or not do something, scare them. Works every time. Advertisers, I mean... Use, use fear, it, it's the best tactic on earth. But it's also a brain paralytic. The minute fear is involved, nobody thinks anymore. There's no thinking, mm -hmm. okay? You, you've seen that with COVID. Mm -hmm. Things become really kind of stupid and idiotic, but no one's really thinking logically. It's mm -hmm. fear, okay? And so what you have is basically HRT is the COVID of menopause, really because it's the same kind of thing. It's basically paralyzed people. No one's thinking. So, you know, it's like you have this hormone that was in your body and you felt wonderful and then you lose it and you feel horrible. Tell me how it's bad for you. Where, where did it, how did it go from being good to bad? When did that happen? Was it poison all the time? I mean, again, if a woman wasn't afraid she would question why it's dangerous or wh why someone would tolerate would tell her that it's dangerous to replace a hormone that her body was producing when it's not dangerous to replace insulin it's not dangerous to replace thyroid hormone i mean how does that make sense if you can explain it great but if you can't then you have to kind of go well yeah yeah no yeah. logic logic common sense the problem with common sense is it's not very common and the truth is once you have fear no one questions anything. People just, yeah. they just, and that's the state of affairs. And my attitude is, I don't care whether anyone takes HRT or not. 
But for God's sake, don't don't approach the issue and make your your decisions based on fear. Make them based on fact. You can always do whatever you want to do, but do it in a way that makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's I'm all about the logic. Yes, very good. Um, can you touch on perimenopause a little bit? Yeah, peri is a word. Peri means surrounding. So it's the time surrounding the change. So if you thought about puberty, if you wanted to make up a term peri-puberty, it would be the time between the very beginning of puberty and the very end of puberty. So it's that transition when all the changes are taking place. This is what most people think menopause is. They think menopause is just the transition. So perimenopause is from the time you first start losing your progesterone. The first thing that happens is you lose your progesterone. And that makes your estrogen go wacko going, oh my God, I'm all by myself. What do I do here? And so your estrogen becomes a roller coaster bouncing all over the place and being up and down and up and down and all around. And that's why women are so like, like teenagers at that time. They're just up and down and their mood is different all the time. And so it's because their estrogen is high and then low and high and low. It's all over the, all over the board. Perimenopause is that time when you are losing your estrogen, but you still have, I mean, you're losing your progesterone, but you still have estrogen. Mm-hmm. Postmenopause happens when you finally lose your estrogen. But that's the big ticket item right there. But people don't think of it that way. They think the whole thing is just the perimenopause, which again, if you're focusing on the baby's hormone instead of your hormone, it is not going to end well. Okay. It's not about the baby's hormone. The only reason you produced the baby's hormone was to protect the baby during pregnancy. Okay. What matters to you as mama bear is losing your estrogen. And so again, once you just get the roles of the hormones, right. And you understand what's really important, you get, you, you make sense of what you're doing, but when you're focusing on the transition, instead of what comes after it, boy, that's like, <laughs> for those that aren't ready. Talker. Yeah, they're missing the boat. They're missing. Yeah. And so, you know, I have all these women who think they're lucky because they have no symptoms. Hmm. They are the very women who end up with the heart attacks, osteoporosis, and Alzheimer's because nothing induces them to find out what's going on. They think they're like, they feel fine. They think because they feel fine, everything is fine. Well, they're still aging on the inside. Just because you didn't have the hot flash doesn't mean your heart, your bones, and your brain aren't suffering. Yeah. So, in a way, I, I don't think women who don't have symptoms are lucky at all. I think they are the sitting ducks for the big problems in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad that they, they are kind of arrogantly clueless. They're, they're kind of arrogant and, oh, I have no symptoms. I feel great. And I'm like, just wait, sister. I mean, just, this is, you know, wake up. This doesn't mean you don't need the education. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the, uh, the earliest age you've seen a woman with perimenopause? Oh, premature menopause can occur at any age. Even like 18, in teenagers? 18, 19. Well, one of the reasons for menopause can be chemotherapy or radiation therapy. Let's say a woman has Hodgkin's disease at 16 and mm-hmm. she gets her, you know, she gets, she gets some kind of treatment and it causes, it, it happens all the time. I mean, true. Yeah. It, ha- it can happen at any age. And so you don't know when it's going to happen. This is why I think the earlier, the better for this education. And that's why I make it so easy to understand. I have lots of moms who have their 15 and 16 year old daughters watching these videos with them and they love it. They, it's no threat to them. They're just enjoying it. They're having a good time. See, that's the thing when you're young, you don't feel threatened by it. You're just learning. It's great. You're just like, Oh yeah, that'll happen someday. And you don't think much of it, but you learn, you enjoy the education. Well, guess what? When the time comes, you go, Oh, 
and you recognize it mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like a threat. You feel prepared. You feel like, oh, you just, you accept it, but but you don't feel lost. I get women who have, they've, they've, they've wasted their, They've wasted years and years and years not knowing what was going on and being miserable and having no help from anybody. And I feel terrible for them because, I mean, 10 years, five years, whatever. I mean, that's horrible. It's It's unnecessary suffering. And it's very common. No, it's it's all too common. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what I'm trying to change. Look, I'm only one person. And I am a one woman show. I do everything myself. I create every video. I, I prepare every video. I make all my props. I shoot all my videos by myself. I do everything myself. I have a team that supports my website and all the technology and they run my social media for me because I hate that stuff. <laughs> I'm old, <laughs> but um, I do it all myself. I'm one person. And you know, I, 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 I don't expect to see a huge difference in my lifetime. I accept, I know I picked the hardest job in the world. I mean, I took the most unpopular topic on the planet and turned my YouTube channel into a classroom. I, I, I know that I, I'm climbing a very high mountain here, but I hope that at some point it makes a change in the world. And I hope at some point we have a menopause revolution. I hope at some point it becomes where women, I'm kind of like, you know, kind of like the Me Too movement. It just needed, it got to a point where no more no more silence it became a thing i hope it happens and i will do this for the rest of my life and i have already created a will where i have put in place a menopause taylor foundation that will come into existence when i die i'm always at least two years ahead on my videos i'm i'm working on videos for may 2023 right now so i'm always two there's always there's always at least two years of videos sitting in dropbox ready to go my team just publishes them and so Whenever I die, there'll be a ton of material for women and I don't want them to lose access to that. And so I have made it so I have a board of directors and this will continue Mm -hmm. after I'm dead for as long as it can. If I found a protege whom I could groom and it has to be someone who knows medicine and gynecology and who's kind of goofy (laughs) because I make it fun. I mean, I do whatever it takes for you to understand. And I want you to laugh and learn. It has to be a creative mind that, I mean, you know, doctors, we're boring. Doctors are boring. I mean, the way doctors present material is like, okay, today we're going to talk about the internal cervical os. It is composed of squamous epithelium. It's just, it's horrible. Okay. So that's just the way doctors are. We're very serious. Kind of, well, I'm kind of goofy and it helps because I'm teaching difficult Mm -hmm. scientific and medical information to people who know nothing. Mm -hmm. And I start by assuming, you know, nothing. And I find a way to make it fun and interesting. And, and you, you stick with it because you're like, wow, this is, this is, I understand this for the first time in my life and it's what you deserve. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm doing everything I can. And, um, that is so cool that you are, um, you're leaving a legacy and you're thinking way down the road. And I too hope that there'll be a menopause revolution because we desperately need it in this world, not only this country, but worldwide. But you know, everyone wins with this education. There's no losers in this for everyone yeah. to understand. Right. I mean, look, I make your doctor's job easier. I mean, it, this is this is to everybody's advantage. Your kids win, your husband, everybody wins with this education. Yes. 
And that is why I'm so dogmatic about making sure I do everything I can to get out there. I hope I, I hope I, I, I want to live long enough to get the whole education out there. I mean, you know what I mean? I have you, I do everything in units. I mean, big units. And so, you know, I go through all, I want to get all the units done after that. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of talk about it and all kinds of stuff, but I want the whole education. Gap. It's going to take years though. Cause the syllabus I have is massive. I mean, mess. My Alzheimer's unit is airing right now. It started on January 26th. There are 45 videos. It goes till November 30th. Okay. It's a big topic and it should be. Okay. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure you get every bit, everything you need to know exactly how to save your brain. And that's what I do with every single subject. Okay. Well, every symptom, every everything. Okay. So it's school. And the bottom line is it takes a long time to get through all of that. And I basically systematically go through and teach you every little step it's like building blocks and you're going to know everything you just have to you just have to do it in order and so it'll take a long time to get it out there but i'll do it as long as i'm alive i'll do it and and then it'll be here forever which will yes be great yes awesome um can we talk a little bit about male menopause yeah well there isn't really a male menopause what yeah. happens then you know men have the on switch which is puberty testosterone floods their body and they become, you know, the men that they're going to be as adults. But the difference between men and women is that women have their estrogen and then menopause, it's a steep, sudden cliff. It just drops and it goes to zero. Men never lose all their testosterone. Men have a slow, slow decline over the years, but they never get to zero. A man can father a child on the last day of his life if he's 100 years old. I mean, it, they never get to zero, okay? So that is why they don't have this menopause. They have aging. They have some things where they aren't as brutal and masculine because their ratio of testosterone lowers. So they, they soften, they become more mellow. A lot of things happen that show that they're getting older but they never ever lose all their testosterone, which is why they don't have nearly the same rates of Alzheimer's or osteoporosis because they they don't ever lose it. And so this is why women outnumber men, for Alzheimer's, women outnumber men at least by double at every single age. Wow. Women have double the risk of Alzheimer's at every single, because we lose our estrogen. It's not because we live longer, we have it at every single age. <laughs> and you don't see Alzheimer's before menopause. I mean, you just, you don't see it before the age of 50, even premature menopause or, or early menopause due to, due to genetic mutations doesn't happen that early. I mean, it happens about age 50, but it's not before menopause age typically. Mm -hmm. I noticed in some of your videos, you talk about how men and women kind of switch places where when women are younger, they're the ones that are pregnant and then when men go, <laughs> you know, about midlife, they start to get the pregnant belly and how that's related to their hormone. It's funny to think about it, isn't it? I mean, when you think, well, see, think about it. If you lose your, if you lose your estrogen, your body produced testosterone in two places, your ovaries and your adrenal glands. Mm -hmm. You're still producing testosterone in your adrenal glands. This is why some of the symptoms of menopause are things like whiskers, balding. Okay. Some of the symptoms aren't because of your loss of estrogen. It's because the relative amount of testosterone to estrogen changes. So it's almost like women become more like men in some ways and men become more like women in some ways. I mean, I, I do, I do funny twists on things that are 
I try to make it fun. I try to make you see a point, but but laughing and kind of going, wow, gosh, it's kind of true. And and that is how I educate because I think these the, by looking at it different ways, you kind of really get the point. And so this is this is how this is how my my education works. And the YouTube videos are so great for this because I literally try to come at everything every which way to the point where, good God, you're, you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna hit home for sure. My book is big, but I mean a book is limited as to what I can do. And you know it the videos are fabulous because they just no matter how you learn, whether you're an auditory learner, a visual learner, a tactile learner, whatever your learning style, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Yes. Um, Another thing about male menopause I've noticed is that, you know, we talked about how women's emotions are kind of like this, but also in men can have some of those emotional drops when their testosterone drops. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, they used to, you know, men aren't very emotional um, when they're young. I mean, they just, they just kind of, they don't even acknowledge their emotions. But again, if their testosterone starts dropping, the testosterone is what made them that way. Mm-hmm. And so they become more emotional as they get older because they've got less testosterone keeping them from being emotional. But women get meaner. Mm. That's they do. I mean, women get meaner. I mean, they, they basically, you know, they, they get to where they, they, they don't hold back. They'll just let you have it. And it's because their estrogen was what kept them so meek and mild and, you know, calm. And they weren't about to ruffle any feathers. Well, without that estrogen, they're like, I'll tell you off in a heartbeat. I mean, this is where women have to learn how to use that new skill, but (laughs) masterfully without being mean, but you know, to speak up. See, that's one of those things about menopause. I think is great. I think women, why should we be meek and mild and, and weak? I mean, why we don't have to behave that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's fine to be a strong, confident woman. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. And there's nothing wrong with it. And when men think that you should be this meek little coy, you know, woman, I, I, I just don't think it has to be that way. And so there, I think there's a lot of um, freedom and maturity in menopause. Yes, yes. Some of the most interesting women, I think, are older women. And it may have something to do exactly with menopause. I think so. Well, you know, think about it with menopause. I mean, frankly, you know, you're old enough to know what you don't want. You're old enough to know what you do want and you're old enough to know how to get it. And I think you have tools and you've lived life and you've got this wisdom. And see, I think women at the age of menopause channeling their energy into something wonderful, whether it's a hobby or a volunteer work or a sport or a, a new business or anything, I think it's phenomenal and uh, we need more of that instead of women deciding to go sit at home and be alone and and isolate themselves because they think they're not sexy anymore you know life is not all about being sexy and the way our society emphasizes that to such a great degree a lot of women are lost and and, you know I, i i i made a video about menopausal identity crisis too and you know the world the role that women play in society and in their families is that they take care of everyone else. So women, they have two kinds of identities. They have a self-created identity and they have a designated identity. And your designated identity is who you are in relation to other people. You're someone's wife, you're someone's mother, you know, you are are related to someone else and, and your identity comes from the other person and the role that you play in their life. And for most women, that's that's primarily, that's the majority of their identity. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
their family and the role that they play for their husband and kids, it kind of becomes their major role. Mm -hmm. But you should have your own self-created identity too. And the problem is so many women don't cultivate that while they're busy trying to take care of everyone else. And when you don't have a self-created identity, what happens is you hit the age of menopause, your kids grow or grow, they don't need you anymore. Your marriage is kind of on autopilot or you're not married or whatever. And women literally will look at the mirror one day and go, oh my God, who am I? I mean, they literally have a crisis, a literal, a menopausal identity crisis. They don't have any idea who they are or what to do with their lives because everything that they associated themselves with, nothing, none of that need, none of them need, need them anymore. Yeah. And that's a horrible thing. And so I'm always a big, I, I, I always tell women, look, you need something in your life that is all yours. I don't care whether it's a hobby or, you know, I don't care if it's playing a game. I don't care. I don't care what it is, but you need something that is just yours and yours alone and that you can do no matter what happens to anybody or your life and, and that you enjoy because of you. I mean, it can be an instrument. It can be learning languages. It can be anything, but to not have any idea what you like or what you, what you care about is sad. And you know, it's, here's how bad it is. Over and over again, I'll say to a woman, what have you always wanted to do? What would you, what would you like to do? What, what, what's your dream? What, what, what would you do? I mean, if you could do anything, what would you do? And women look at me with this deer and the headlights stare Hmm. and they, they, they say, "I, I, I don't know. And that's sad because they gave up on their dreams a long time ago. That's what that's even access them anymore. They can't access them. They haven't thought about what they would love for so long that they don't even know what it is anymore. And that is horrible, but that is common too. And it's because the role women play in society is they serve everybody else. And so they put themselves last and they lose themselves. And I think that I don't think that should ever happen to a woman. I think every woman should have her selfish time, her thing that she calls her own, whatever it is. I'm a huge, huge supporter of stuff like that. And and again, it it boils down to time. They're like, well, I don't have time. And it's like, make time, prioritize, train your family that this is your, I mean, decide that you refuse to let it go and keep it, keep it nurtured. And um, I teach that that too. Yes. Yes. I mean, like you said at the beginning, you know, like when you get older and you have this opportunity in this time now where you can do creative pursuits, whatever they might be. Um, it's not too late, you know, started oh. in your fifties, started in your sixties, started in your seventies, find your passions. Yeah. And it, nothing's better. I mean, having that passion and being able to just dwell on it and put yourself into it, nothing's better. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's just the best thing ever. And so I recommend it for all women. <laughs> yes. Yes. Another good tip. Um, do you have any uh, last minute things you would like to comment on or anything pertinent to the topic of menopause? Oh, just please, please, please focus on education. It's not about how you manage your menopause in terms of what you choose to use as an option. It's about knowing what you're doing. I'm really, that is the crux of the issue. And without knowing what you're doing, you're, you're really, you're really cheating yourself. I mean, you deserve to know what you need to know so that you can choose to do anything you want. And that is, that is what I, I hold most passionate and most important about everything I teach. It's, it's the importance of education itself. Yeah. Focus on what you can do and what you can change. Do not focus on what you can't do and what you can't change. Right. 
Most women have more options than they realize though. Yeah. Most women have kind of heard or thought or assumed that such and such or blah, 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 whatever wasn't an option when in fact they just had their facts wrong. And so I, a lot of women are so greatly relieved and so delighted to find out that they have way more options than they thought and they can always do whatever they want to do. And you can always change your mind. That's you right. Know? That's right. HRT doesn't work for you. Try another method. You, you know, can, you can try whatever you want and no, you don't have to answer to anybody. Yes. Very good. <laughs> well, Thank you, Dr. Taylor. I really appreciate you today coming and being on my channel. It was excellent. I learned a lot. Um, if you guys like this video, please give it a thumbs up and uh, leave a comment down below. We would love to hear from you and some feedback on it. Um, and thank you for watching. Thank you, Dr. Taylor. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye.